0: Welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing The Saltless Sea by In the Arms of Sleep, featuring my pal, Nick Satnover, on guitar. Back when I was in A Camille, I had the pleasure of playing a lot of shows within the Arms of Sleep. And Nick even played drums for us at a show. No ties, no ties. May Others may die How much is a main word Drive right, left every relative I
1: think it's of a driveway in Phoenix, Arizona or Scottsdale. Um, And it's one of those things where I'm not certain if I really remember it or if I, I know it from photographs, but it is the the house my family had when we first, well, when we lived in, in that part of the country. Um, I've never been back to it. I, I just have a vague memory of kind of a suburban, kind of like adobe brick colored house on a cul-de-sac in uh, suburban Phoenix, Arizona. Um yes.
0: There's nothing specific about like like there's nothing like you were doing. You just that visual representation is what stuck.
1: Yeah, I think so. It's kind like and like I said, it, it feels almost like a photograph. So I'm I'm wondering about the pollution of of a you know maybe there was a photograph of that house somewhere that I saw as a kid. But we moved from there when I was five, and so I I think it's hard for me to kind of locate something really early that's substantial. I have those kind of, like, snapshot sort of Mm -hmm. uh, memories. But, um, you know, I have other kind of, I I don't know, between that age and seven, we moved two more times. And um, I remember, you know, like, the first kind of memory of our house in Ohio where I primarily grew up um, coming in and seeing the, like, the, the hearth, the kind of, like, fireplace part of the the living room with the skylights and the windows with big shutters and you know it's I guess all visual but I don't know if early memories I don't really have like a a more narrative or a more like experiential memory but they they feel like photographs which I I think is that kind of pollution of seeing photographs before you had solid memories and those becoming memories but they're just photographs
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. Um, it's gonna be wild. Like w- when our children think about things like this, you know, because mm-hmm. um, that you know, you you said like I think you used the word you know pollution, and it, and it's like sometimes you know, it, it, like the bombardment of different types of media, like even that I intentionally subject myself to feels like (laughs) pollution, you know, it's like, um, I don't know. Like I saw someone post a tweet about like, it's like, you're not supposed to see like, um, thirst traps followed by like, you know, starving children followed by this, followed by that, you know? And -hmm. it's like, that's, that can be like literally one after the other. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to like, um, to 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 hear people talk about their 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 earliest memories. Uh, you know, when our when our kids are are our age or whatever. You know, if if we're uh, if we're even like fortunate enough to. Be able to to do that, but uh, we're starting this off on the wrong foot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, I went straight to doom and gloom, and that's we're not doing that. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, oh, that's that's kind of where my head's at this week, anyway. So <laughs> yeah, that's
0: fine. <laughs> so I, so we're gonna we're gonna like take a detour from that. We'll we'll get back to that, I promise. Okay. No uh, yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, like uh, we we met. I I guess it was around two thousand and four uh mm-hmm. and and um that seems like yesterday but then you know you're like wow that's really going on 20 years um mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> that's you know that's pretty bonkers but um you know the the only um band that I had known you from at that point was you know in in the arms of sleep the band that mm-hmm. you know we played like lots of shows with y'all and stuff yep. um but um like uh, what kind of bands and like, what was your childhood experience with music like?
1: Oh, um, so I, I was given a guitar pretty young. I remember asking probably around eight years old if I could get a, uh, like a trumpet. And I was told no, <laughs> okay. uh, cause we had an acoustic guitar at the house. So I started playing that. Um, but you might recall my brother, Justin Mm -hmm. was, is a drummer. He still plays. And so he was playing drums. He's four years older than me. And so there's always stuff in the house. He, he always had friends over some of which he still plays music with. And so growing up, um, I was really intensely interested in the idea of playing music and that being the thing I would do. I mean, even like drawing my cover of a like guitar magazine with me on it as like a, you know, 10 or 11 year old. Nice. Before I, played. um, I remember making cassette tape covers and just recording random meandering things in my bedroom as a little, little kid. Um, and took lessons for a little while. Um, I was really wanting to learn how to play Nirvana songs. Cause that was the thing that was in my life at the time, you know, mm-hmm. like, a 90, so that would have been, like, right after Kurt Cobain died, to like, 97. Um, And then the guitar teacher was just like, I don't think you really want to learn the fundamentals, so this is kind of a waste of money. Um, (laughs) And so I just started, you know, kind of, like, learning by ear and playing things that were more in line with that, like um, rock rock songs, and um, I would be lying if I said I was you know, aware of anything really interesting at that point or something that I would be like proud to say I was a early adopter of, but uh, in high school I ended up getting into, you know uh, I think the entry point for me was like refused and snap case, just like MTV hardcore bands. Mm-hmm. And um, from that point I wanted to, to be in a band that did something like that. And so formed a high school band, with um, my friend Dave who was a singer and in the arms of sleep, and we continued playing as teenagers and into college which is when I would have met you Um, and so I always kind of thought we were like punk adjacent hardcore adjacent um, but never really fit into our hometown scene we weren't uh, we weren't new metal enough to be the new metal bands we weren't indie enough to be an indie band Um, we weren't black metal for the black metal bands. And there's just like not really an in-between at that point. Um, I don't know. I just, I guess I gave you the whole chronology there, but uh, <laughs> music was around. It was something I really thought about a lot as a kid. And I, I have realized it was mostly in the, um, in the construction of like albums. Like that's what I wanted to be doing. I wanted to make records and things, but I, and I really for a while thought out like performing But to be perfectly honest, um, a lot of the time performing was really uncomfortable for me. It wasn't something I really ever settled into and felt really good about. Um, but yeah, kind of always been a like basement tinkerer. And I think that was my start and kind of where I'm still at with it. Yeah. (laughs) All these years later.
0: Yeah. It's, it's funny you said like, you know, uh, You never settled into playing live, like I I honestly feel like um, it's that's something that I that I honestly didn't really like. Click like that didn't click with me until I started playing drums and Mm. and and, like I was like the the front person of the band, but I was also the Mm -hmm. drummer, right? And Mm -hmm. it made me do this thing where. Like because when I play drums, if I think about it, like I'll fuck up. Mm. So like I just have to just I have to put my brain like somewhere else and not in a in a actively thinking about something else way, but just like a it, just like almost like a trance, you know? And and mm-hmm. um and that was something that I just started doing when I was doing vocals and playing drums and then like even though i was used to playing guitar and doing vocals like when i went back to playing guitar and doing vocals after doing drums and doing vocals like i sort of took that same like lesson and or like stance or whatever for playing mm-hmm. and singing and like now i don't think about playing the guitar when i Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe the other, maybe the people I'm playing with would tell you that's a bad thing. I'm not really sure, you know, but, um, <laughs> but yeah. like that made me to where I just like, I just can be in the moment in a way mm-hmm. that I never was before. Like, because I was always like, oh, if I fuck up, you know, or, oh, if, if whatever. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's just weird because, you know, we like, um, as as you know 20 year olds like when we when we knew each other uh before and, and mm-hmm. not that we don't still do but uh like <laughs> um all the people that I know that I play shows with like they're that age and um they get that already they get it mm. and I didn't get it until like later you know yeah and um yeah I don't know it's like I, like I feel uh, I feel fortunate that I was able to, to 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 finally get that and to have that click with me and do some tours where I I was like this is really like how you know I shouldn't have been throwing up like before every you know I shouldn't have been <laughs> yeah. like racked with anxiety like you know just about everything else not about this though right you know Yeah but uh yeah yeah
1: for for me it was always an issue of um, people talking to me afterwards, and i I understand I fundamentally understand this uh, it, performance is is what we're doing we're mm-hmm. we're performing on stage, we're enacting something, and it always bothered me that people would how much they'd read into it like a prescriptive thing, as if like turning my back to the audience so I could follow along with what my brother was doing on drums was somehow this like mysterious act or this thing that was designed to be mysterious. And I never thought about it. And the way people read into it, I had multiple people talk to me about this. Like I, I was literally just trying to lock into (laughs) what we were doing. And then, you know, if you're moving a lot or if there's some kind of transfer of energy and it, it looks like you're doing something people would be like so what was that thing you did you move you move this way and it's like I it's I don't know it to me it made me really uncomfortable to know that I was being analyzed that to that degree mm-hmm. and it was just like I don't know I think at least for me the thing that was really hard was realizing as much as I'm going into this trying to be as authentic as possible um, it's going to be interpreted as being like a performance or like an artifice and I that was just really honestly kind of hard to come to grips with and it made it difficult to really enjoy it um after a while because it's just like i'm just trying to uh play and enjoy the act of playing but then when it became entertainment or be something to be kind of analyzed too much Mm -hmm. rather than enjoyed experientially in the moment as like this thing we're supposed to be doing as audience and performer that's reciprocal i don't know that kind of ruined it
0: yeah (laughs) and and it 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 like I could see you getting like in your own head too, like when you like yeah. realize like like I just did a thing, like what are people gonna think about that almost? You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you take your shoes off. What's that about? I don't know my feet are hot. <laughs> like I'm yeah. I'm trying to just like survive doing this. Yeah. And I don't know. I I, I didn't like that level of analysis. And now granted, I've kind of situated myself uh professionally in a line of work where I have to do that sort of stuff to people, but there's like pretense, you know, when I'm looking at artwork with people and talking to them about it, you know, we're aware that they've, we're, we're analyzing it, you know, that's the kind of contract, but yeah, I don't know. I always approached music as this really like innate, personal, authentic, uh, expressive thing. And when it turned out to be not that, or people were interested in it, not for that reason, it was hard to reconcile a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well see I can I can I can see this from both both sides because like uh I I understand what you're saying 100% and like I definitely could see like being like you know sort of bothered by this uh idea that what you're doing is just a a presentation and not you mm-hmm. know the 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 obvious like just like authentic display or or whatever you know of yourself but like uh, we did come into this kind of stuff or were or, or our bands as we knew them at that time were present like right after this thing where the couple of things that you described specifically were like I'd say a good portion of the time an aesthetic choice. Like, mm, yeah, w- yeah. you know, the bands like, like let's have, let's the, every, everybody in the band had a microphone. Right. And, and all mm. the microphones are pointed in the center. It was like an, an, uh, an aesthetic choice a lot of the time. Um, and I mean, there were bands where the drummer would set up backwards, you know, and, yeah. um, and also the taking off the shoes thing, like that was a whole vibe in in 99, you know, that was like yeah. a whole thing. It was like bands show up and everyone's taking off their shoes like right away. And so it's like, I could see where people uh, like, um, people were thinking like that this was a, a you know, because like. People would say different things about the shoes thing, in particular. Like people would say, "I want, I, I want to feel the earth underneath me." When you know, people would mm. say these different things. And so, like somebody who, uh, who, so someone said something like that to, they may want to know someone else's take on it. They may like, why do you mm. face away from the crowd? Is it like you can't look? I mean, I'll, I'll say. I've said it before and I'll say it like, you know, many times as it takes or whatever. Like in Anchamele, like I had the microphone like all the way down to the ground like that because if I locked eyes with people while I was doing vocals, I would get fucked up. I'd, 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 I could, I lost my place like in my whole life, not just like Mm. the song. Like I was like, what's happening, you know? And so I put the mic down also like I spit a lot (laughs) when I do vocals and I'm just like, okay, cool. I'm just spitting at the ground now. It's, it's no problem, you know? Cause it's, especially if you like accidentally see somebody and they're like wiping your spit off of them or something Then I'm Mm -hmm. like, I never want that to happen again. So like (laughs) the, the microphone was down and people would ask me like all kinds, like, is that because of this? Is that because of this? And it was like, at first, it was the these practical things that I was, like, explaining. And then it was, like, I like this. Like, this yeah. feels right, you know? And, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it is. See, I'm, like, a really nosy person. So, like, maybe I'm probably <laughs> one of those people, like, why did you do that? Um, yeah. But uh, I, I would never, like, think that. Like I would never think that somebody was doing something like purely, like for, um, like it, I wouldn't think somebody was being like a you know air quotes like poser because of something that you know what I mean or whatever yeah. like. But um, I'm genuinely curious and I I'm also very nosy so it's like I yeah. I'm a, um, but yeah it's it, it's that was a really like that window of music like right after you know that first wave of bands like that was super that was super interesting in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways in in the ways like you were describing where like in the arms of sleep like how y'all were like feeling like well we don't fit in with all these kinds of bands because you were you're pulling from so many different like Mm -hmm influences and stuff and mm-hmm. that kind of thing was like definitely pretty gatekept i i think you know yeah. for like a while like until yeah. until really the proliferation of like bandcamp and stuff i think like yeah. bandcamp and youtube like the, the the music being available to people like all the time and like really You know, like it's, I'm, I just, I don't want to go and say that it, like, you know, um, did a lot to, like, eliminate gatekeeping because I'm sure it still exists, but it's just like, I don't know those people anymore. Those people aren't involved in the kind of music that, you know, the circles that I travel. So it's like, I think it did a lot to be like, why would, like, why would people only, be influenced by these different things, you know?
1: I was always bothered by the kind of hierarchies and rules of scenes and like the politics of that stuff. And, you know, yeah, if you, if you were too, uh, yeah, if you, if you kind of were wearing too many influences on your sleeve, you did not fit neatly into a package of like, this is the, you know, like horror punk night. This is the, um, like, uh, four on the floor hardcore night. Like, if you couldn't fit neatly into those bills, you weren't put on any bills. <laughs> that was, you know, it's hard in in our community to to find a place to fit. And then, um, you know, there's, I don't know. We we just always had more luck going other places. That's why we <laughs> played with yeah. you so much and came to Indiana all the time. Um, just it was so much more hospitable. And I don't know. It, it, yeah, I get it. Like if you have melodic parts and screamy parts and you have long interludes of, you know, no singing, you, you kind of are, uh, you know, alienating a few groups. And if people are just there to be at a bar and out, they don't want it too loud. You know, <clears throat> Dayton was a weird, a weird place to be in a band that wasn't kind of like exclusively a bar band, at least at that time. Um, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah. i you know, I I uh I I grew up in Dayton until I was like twelve or something years old and like um I think that you know that I still know some good people from Dayton, but like oh, yeah, it's,
1: absolutely.
0: It, it's wild how like I've I think I've played like one good show in Dayton, like ever. <laughs> and it's like I know they exist, you know, it's just like I've yeah. never, you know, like um It's just it's always been it's always been a a strange town for for shows like as far as um, DIY goes, you know, I mean, yeah, um, yeah, there's I know that there are like institutions that people back pretty hard like um, but like, yeah, when when I first moved back uh, after like high school, the sub galley had just closed and Mm -hmm. it was like. There and like there was just like like no no one like there was just no like house shows or there was no mm-hmm. like whatever and we occasionally would get these weird shows like we had this one show and um, and it was uh, it was at a, a pizza place and we showed up. Like, after we drove there for like three hours from Indiana, and like the owner was in prison, (laughs) they were just like, Yeah, the guy got taken to jail today. And it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's just like we just always had these really weird experiences with with Dayton shows. But, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I don't know. It's Dayton. Like, I, <laughs> when I, when I'm driving in, I'm driving in and I'm going to like whatever, like the basically like East Side, wherever like my dad would have lived, you know, and, and, yeah. um, and I'll be on like, what is it, like 35 or whatever. And mm-hmm. I, I just panic attack guaranteed. Like, I just, <laughs> so, so I just like, I was like, maybe I should just stop coming here. <laughs> Um, yeah I should just stop. It's just like I should stop. there's something wrong, like it's something bad like I'm uh, but uh, yeah, enough of that um <laughs> like uh, you know we we kind of like lost like touch, you know, like um for a long time, like I w- like don't know like where like what you were doing like musically at least. Like mm-hmm. after in the arms of sleep until like your newer like more uh, solo based like works and stuff like were did you have like bands that you were steady playing in like after in in the arms of sleep you know disbanded like back in two thousand whatever it was or was it mostly like work and school focused.
1: So, um, man, I feel like, I feel like I'm just going to end up sounding like a curmudgeon this whole time. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I wrestled a lot with letting go of being in a band. So when our band was over, I didn't really, it it didn't, I don't know, it was like losing a pet or like a family member. Like I, it felt like trying to do that again would be replacing something that would be too soon or like it wouldn't fit right. And, um, about the time that that happened, I was getting more, um, focused on, <clears throat> uh, my college training and, you know, I was like making a, a visual artist, uh, primarily. And so I was getting my work into my visual work into exhibitions, like under my own name. And, uh, I was having success there and it kind of just replaced all the energy I was putting into the like schlep of being in a band, of like being, you know, the one person who was trying to help everything along and book all the shows and make all the stuff and do all the correspondence. And so I just um I never really stopped making things, but I'd just been recording at home about that time as well. I got a, a MacBook computer, my first laptop, and I was just making home recordings and um i tried playing those out and about in town a couple times and that never really felt right because if i was already too self-conscious about performing with a band doing it by myself and i'm not a good singer like it was it was i don't know uh that didn't feel like a good fit either so i was just recording and recording and i was just kind of giving the things away i was like putting them online discreetly and I was making little handmade CDRs, uh, and trying to give them away. And, um, I just kept plugging away doing that. Um, in 2007, I went to graduate school. So I moved out of the hometown over to, uh, Bloomington Normal in Illinois. And, um, at that point it was kind of like, well, I'm not really a band person anymore. This is like informed my ethos, but, it's not my practice, and like graduate school, at least for studio art, is pretty intensive. So I was still recording at home. Um, I really miss living in the Midwest and having a basement. I don't have one here in Tennessee. Because uh, uh, this whole time, I was just amassing all these recordings and just making things that I was purely entertaining myself with. Mm-hmm. Um so I never, since, since I was in, in the arms of sleep, I've never really formally been in a band. I've occasionally, like um, my good friend Chris Nisus, who lives and works in Dayton. Um, across the years, I've gone and played shows with him when he's needed a backing band. Like, I'll play bass occasionally. Um, my brother's band, uh, the 84 Draft, a few times I've gone and played shows with him on bass. They now have a full band, so they don't need a hired gun. But um, yeah, I haven't really had the had the desire to to you know put a bunch of gear in a, a van and drive it somewhere and unload it and make twenty dollars. I mean, it's just like that that thing. It, it just it, it, I I really left it with um, the one band I was in. It, it just felt like I didn't. I, I'd kind of gotten out of that experience everything that i felt the band life would be good for or like was helpful for me Mm -hmm. and then moving into a kind of a solitary practice was the right move but i will say i've been um across the years like i'll make a whole record of music and then i'll send it to chris and he'll put vocals on it and then we'll put that out um like Pop Tech Records has released three of these albums that I made all the music, Chris made all the vocals. Um, and that band's hangover, Ohio. Um, okay. and that, that to me is like the ideal way to work. Cause like, like I said earlier, like the, the recording and the album making is the interesting thing for me. That's like, that's what creatively is fulfilling. And like, I really enjoy, it feels like I can kind of, um, it's more like my visual art practice where I make the thing and I put the thing out in the world. I don't have to like carry it around and perform it. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mean to sound like a downer, like, cause I, I truly, truly respect anyone who does it. And I'm so excited by people who perform and, and tour and, and do that. It just became not the thing for me uh, for a variety of reasons. And um, I've gotten a lot out of a lot of fulfillment out of trying to, figure out how to kind of have a visual art and sound practice. That's kind of under the guise of like just conceptually based art. Um, and I can have it exist in the world without me having to kind of cart it around and be present for it, which I guess is to say like, I'm not a terribly outgoing person and I'm, I don't (laughs) enjoy those like social situations of having to present the work. So, um, you know, it, this has just kind of been the way it's moved, but it's, it's been, it's been an active practice. It's just not been like a, Hey, I'm going to get like three guys and we're going to rehearse and, you know, kind of go out and do the thing. Cause that became really hard. I mean, to be honest, like, um, scheduling it, kind of getting everyone on the same page, like it's tough, you know? Yeah. And as you get older, you know, like people have, uh, you know, have to make decisions on how to support themselves and what's, what's good for them. And pretty soon, you know, like, you know, not everyone is as fully invested. That just became really hard to negotiate, and um, it just wasn't the most positive way to be involved in music for me, at least. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, you can't you can't be twenty uh, three year old kids all living in the same house and playing and playing music no. until two a. M.
1: For the rest of your life. Like it just, you know. No. <laughs> like I, I remember. I remember saying to the bandmates and um, I was like, you know, I was probably 22 at the time. And I was like, you know, if, if by 25, I was like, things aren't, you know, like at the next level, whatever that meant to me at 22, I have no idea. But like, if we are not like crossing a threshold to where like this is more sustainable and like I don't feel uncomfortable with it, then like I might have to just say like that's it for me at that point. And I didn't really know what that meant at that time. You know, I don't know why I had an ultimatum, but I think it was, obviously, there was something inside of me that I was saying, like, I don't know if um, the kind of road ahead of, like, booking tours and going out and doing all that, all that w- would serve me in a way that was productive or, like, in a way that I felt comfortable with. And then that offended people, <laughs> like, that I was clear about that, like, I have a time limit. so. I don't know. I I'm maybe I'm not a nice person, I don't know.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it's a uh, I think it's admirable to know like your boundaries and and you know, like people don't always have to agree with it, but like the the same thing doesn't work for everyone, you know? So right. like yeah. it's like you know, you you hit kind of like halfway into like where where I'm at as like a person Who still does enjoy, like, I mean, it, although I've only done it once since, you know, um, who, like, as a person who still does enjoy going out and playing music, like, uh, it's, it's, um, like, I'm like half, I'm in, I'm in the middle there because, like, I will write records with people and I Mm -hmm. will write, like, I'll write records, we'll create records, like, together, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, how, in whatever version that takes each time and um and then like we'll get together and play the record and then go play a show like it's like um not a not a a situation like a a, a band in in my 20s would have been where it's like practice Mm -hmm. four days a week um the same six songs for six months Mm -hmm. just to like go and play some shows and whatnot like it's different like we're in like i am in like a you know a, a, ha- a halfway point between like um where where uh i would have been and like where you know i'm not playing at all you know like it's it's yeah. um i don't know i like it and i think
1: <clears throat> yeah, know, and that's awesome i'm
0: Obviously, like digital, like being able to do all this like file sharing stuff, like, it has been like, it just ridiculously, uh, like, um, it's it's done a lot to level the playing field. Like when people want to make a record, they don't have to do whatever we used to have to do. You know, mm-hmm. like go to yeah. somebody who has a studio, et cetera, et cetera. And um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. So, um.
1: Yeah, it's I, I would I would say like uh sorry to interrupt. No, I no. mean I, I think if if I lived anywhere near anyone <laughs> that <laughs> that I used to know, you know, like I we one hundred percent live where we do for my we moved here for my job, but like I've I've talked with like Harrison Hickok, who's over in Memphis. It's like you know, if we, if we lived closer, I'm sure he and I would be getting together to play music occasionally. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's a four hour drive you, despite the fact we're in the same state. But, yeah. um, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy playing with folks. I just, the kind of like job of a band to like really put into it to like, you know, I don't know, do it justice or whatever, whatever that means, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I have it in me. I, I like, I love making the stuff. I like, like making the, the creative work, but I think, you know, the responsibility to kind of, and to like honor an audience and try to perform well and do all that. I would be, I don't know if I could commit to it at this point.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I, you know, I, that's not, that's not even to say like, yeah, I mean the last time like that I played, like I drove like, uh, eight hours like round trip by myself to play like, wow. a set that was like 13 minutes long. Like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, at some point, I think a lot of people cash out of that aspect of it like a lot faster than I have. But at some point, even that's gonna get to me. <clears throat> like, I, I, you know, like I've needed new glasses for like uh eight, two years now, like, nice. and, and it's like I. I don't. Um, I work in the daytime, so like I don't drive at night very much. And the other the mm-hmm. other day, because like my prescription is fucked up, like I drove at night and I was like, "Oh, this ain't good." Like yeah. i can't, <laughs> oh, no. like, I, I feel like an old person. Like I'm like, yeah. "Oh shit, I can't drive at yeah. night," you know. But it's really yeah. like I need new glasses. But like, yeah, it felt like the other thing too, you know. Yeah, but um,
1: I was, I I've I've kind of replaced that exact example though, like with my own, you know, my. I'll have an exhibition of my work somewhere. It's like in another state. And they're like, yeah, you should come and be here for the opening and whatever. And I'll get there. And it's kind of like playing to the other bands. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. I'm there with the people who put on the show and that's about it. And you're like, "Okay, well, this was a long trip to like kind of talk to five people and then turn around. It's like almost the same uh, and i'm I'm assuming your your recent example, there's more than five people. But like, in my example, like I'm still doing a version of that, but it's it's maybe I'm just not good at working with other people. like in a four people, I can collaborate with one other person, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, but like i'm still I still find I have that like like that ethos. Like I'm willing to go out of my way to do a creative activity. Um, but just for whatever reason, like within the context of of, of like a, a band setting up gear and playing a show that hasn't happened in such a long time. it's, it's hard for me to fathom what that would be like you know, as yeah. I'm looking at you know where I'm at now in life with kiddos and everything but um, I, I do I do really miss just the camaraderie of playing with people for the enjoyment of playing. Um, and it, to me that's a bummer because that was such a huge reason why I got involved in it in the first place was just playing in someone's basement and figuring things out and like locking into a structure that becomes a song and you've made something that's like tremendously exciting and really fulfilling. But, you know, again, I don't, I don't live anywhere near anyone <laughs> that yeah. I used to know who would do that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's hard to make friends as, like, a parent. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, like, yeah, I have not played, like, music with anyone that, li- that like, lives in Indiana or whatever. <laughs> like, and, like yeah. I don't, in so long. But, um, yeah, that's, I mean, all of this is t- to say that, like, it's not like you stopped making music. Like, you've... No. And the thing is, like, you you didn't just not stop making music like you you go like as all into this stuff as you ever did like with you know any like uh of the cds or whatever that you'd make like in you know in the arms of sleep when y'all would you know go on weekend tours and stuff like Mm -hmm. so like um basically like i like i gathered from like, look, you know, looking at your site and stuff that you kind of have, like, and you, I forgot about the other project that you mentioned before mm-hmm. um, because it's not on your website. But, like, you have, uh, like, mm, I guess, like, three, like, basically solo projects, and then, like, a project that you work on with someone else. And so you yep. have your solo projects, like, sort of sectioned. And they're all on the afternoon to evening afternoon to mm-hmm. eveningly like bandcamp page, but they're like it's like it's i think it's really cool and interesting the way that like you almost like had to figure out like which um although like you know the maybe the uh sounds like are similar enough that. It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if you dig into this. But I was like Mm -hmm. listening to it and I'm like, okay, so this says this is by afternoon to eveningly. So this is like Mm -hmm. an afternoon to eveningly release. And then I'm listening to something that's like, it could have fit into something else, but this one you're credited just by your name. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like there was another one and this one obviously makes like the like this one would make the most sense as far as like structure or whatever, because it's um it's called fielding, and that is your project mm-hmm. where what you're doing is you are creating like uh, you're creating print works mm-hmm. that are accompanied by audio representations of yes, those print works. how yeah how does that differ? From, like, like how do you approach, like, something that, that you would call fielding in a different way than, like, your, um, the name under, like, the solo work you do under your own name, which also, like, had, like, the four track recordings thing that mm-hmm. you did. Like, that package is bonkers. It's like a hardcover <laughs> book. It's yeah. like, it's, yeah. you know, it's like so many recordings over like nearly a year it's or like a year. Yeah. 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 And then, and, and also, um, the Nick Satin over, um, isolation encyclopedia, it's like mm-hmm. another like year of recordings and that's like a seven inch. Is that a lathe cut or is that like you Bounce. yeah it's, okay
1: it's there are four seven inch lathe cuts oh just it's the one four. side oh yeah okay. so it's so maybe um some of this is like maybe sloppy record keeping on Bandcamp. um some of it is like a, as i've evolved um I, and i'm just putting things there but um afternoon eveningly was just basically like i had wanted to title a series of recordings that i had made and they were packaged, and I, I kind of did what I would always do, is I like made a CDR before I started realizing people don't collect those anymore. Um, but that was basically like home recordings across a year. And I made like a fold-out, um, like a CMYK halftone screen print that was like a poster. But I folded up and accompanied that CD, so it was however many tracks across that year with that poster. And they, it was just kind of like the, the kind of side project thing I was doing in my visual practice was making home recordings. And I was tentatively figuring out how to wed those things as like my kind of capital A art practice with my like at home hobby that I was kind of not telling people about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and so the, the four track recordings, I think were the first like kind of in earnest thing where it's like, no, this is really my practice and it had to do with actually, um, coming back in contact with a, like a Tascam four track recording, like Portis studio. Um, I was given two of them actually our our the department in which I work had, had them for some reason and they had never been opened. So they're like new in box, like cassette, uh, four track recorders and, um, to me, I was thinking a lot about the, the kind of restraints and opportunities of working in printmaking. Like, you know, just pieces of paper are certain sizes. You can only put so many layers of ink on a thing. Um, there's, like, logical limits to the materials. There's kind of, like, infinite ways to remix a few elements. And so I was looking at my, like, little tape machine, as like a analog to the visual art practice I had with the print, printmaking materials. Mm-hmm. And so I would just figured I would kind of compile everything I'd made across that year and try to make it into like a printed book that also had audio, kind of also thinking about how um, books are a sequence of time and songs are the same way. They kind mm-hmm. of unfurl in a linear fashion and... You can kind of skip back and forward, but it does have like A to B to C. Um, and so I started thinking about, you know, audio projects in concert with visual work as a way to kind of have like a material dialogue and also think about time and passage and um, atmosphere and. Um, And so like the uh, isolation encyclopedia was a way to think about that first year of COVID Um, trying to make kind of a seasonal book and each lathe cut record has about six minutes of audio that corresponds and they're, you know, very kind of droney and reverb heavy little uh, compositions. And the book is a poem that kind of addresses the seasons and, um, and then those fielding works are, (laughs) I was probably driving my office mates nuts like where I work. Like I had a whole setup of like my um, pedals and like a synthesizer and like a kalimba and just other weird little doodads. And I was just making these like direct to tape single track recordings of just kind of environmental meandering uh, ambient music and kind of designing them to work with these kind of improvised print works. And again, for me, it's like trying to find a way to correlate these two practices, which on their face are really disparate, like audio and visual. I mean, there's an inherent relationship. We, you know, kind of one might suggest the other, but at least for me, like it's, it was a revelation to try to kind of come back to this practice that I, you know, obviously I have ambivalence about, playing in bands but like i'd never left the idea of recording alone and i think it's because it's so structurally similar to how i want to make images and how i want to make text and i want to make books and think about um how like time moves in weird ways and we experience things in these strange kind of uh ways um and so yeah like all these things that you mentioned are are like kind of a full embrace of this um habit trying to turn that habit or not habit that like hobby of of home recording into something that looks like or sounds like the visual arts practice that i've cultivated since the time we knew each other or met each other so yeah i sorry that was really long-winded maybe it was like overly academic sounding but
0: no i get um, it now when you say that you that you were annoying your co-workers like were you recording this stuff like while people were in and out of the rooms and stuff like that or, or it's just so, it was there
1: <laughs> so um you know I, I'm I'm I teach at a college and they provide us with office spaces like that are in a row and it's like very drab and utilitarian just like cinder block rooms with like drop ceilings and sure. everyone has the same amount of space. So you can kind of imagine it. It's like better than a cubicle, but it's still like, you know, an office with a window that faces another building. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and so there's, you know, like 10 offices in a row and I'm sitting in mine, which I've all but basically stripped down to be just like a table surface and a wall where I can pin up stuff to look at. And I have all this equipment playing on like loudspeakers and I'm just making noise and there's probably people like trying to meet with their students or like, you know, conduct their own research. There's like sociologists across the hallway. There's people in like criminal justice probably doing like actual (laughs) (laughs) capital R research for the college. And I'm just like in here twiddling knobs and seeing if things will like pulse in a new interesting way. And um, yeah, I just assume that they're hearing this coming from my office. Like, what's this guy doing? Um, Because like, I have no use for sitting in a room to like answer emails. Like, um, I I think the one thing that has been consistent um, in in the things that I've been doing, whether in bands or making pictures, is like a print shop is like a like a factory. It's like big machines. You work. You you're like lugging things around. There's labor going on. Like I have no use for like a little room that's like a quiet space, so turn mine into some weird laboratory for sound. And, um, you know, I'm like making that music and making collages, and I'm assuming you know the person across the halls like grading papers or something.
0: And they're just they're just like, well, I mean, it, it of course, of course, they I don't mind them like over there. I don't mind the artist; he's a weirdo. You know, like yeah, it's, it's I mean that's the. That's that's the vibe that I would think that a lawyer, you know, or whatever like someone's doing across the hall like would be taking uh, uh, of of what you're doing anyway, but
1: um yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean they're like they're kind of like you know, pass people in the hallway and you know, of course they're they're in the humanities, but you know, they're like wearing a like slacks and a a sweater vest to work and I'm rolling in with my like you know, sandals and my <laughs> <laughs> Rolled up jeans that are exactly the ones I would have been wearing 20 years ago. Like, <laughs> by and large, you know, I, I'm in an academic position in studio art because I, I don't know what else I would do to, like, actually exist in the world. Like, it's a very, you know, privileged position, but, like, I, I definitely can tell I'm not, I don't look or sound like the people across the hall, and, you know, I, I'm fine with that. <laughs> it's totally yeah. fine.
0: I mean... I don't know that your students would show up and necessarily trust the opinion of someone, you know, that that, that does show up, like, looking like that either, you know? Like, right, yeah I, yeah. I don't know if I'm off base there, like, you know, but it's like, it seems like that when you show up, like, dress the way you dress or whatever, and they're like, yeah, this checks out, yeah. like, as opposed to, you know, like, um, someone shows up looking like they're going to litigate something you yeah. know like it's like wait wait what we're supposed to take like you know not that that person couldn't also surprise you but uh
1: yeah yeah well, uh, i mean it, it is true because like i'm i mean you know this you make a lot of stuff in your basement with screen printing and like if i'm showing someone how to like coat screens with emulsion the last thing i need to worry about is like did i get emulsion on my 200 dollars shoes I don't have $200 shoes, but it's like kind of the point. Like, yeah. Yeah. I dress for the job you have, you know, like I'm still at the end of the day, I'm kind of in a basement, despite the fact we're on the third floor, but we're still doing basement work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, so the other, the other thing that I uh, mentioned before, but didn't um, really, uh, we didn't touch on was um, small bars. Now that's a project yeah. that you do with someone else. And, um, the so, the first release there uh, tracked prints layered sounds. Now this was this was like a a multi artist collaboration like that that y'all like. I I didn't really get the gist of what exactly that project entailed, but it was sure. it was something like fifteen artists total and there was Mm -hmm. there was i'm assuming there was like sort of like there was like the track that they submitted but there was also Mm -hmm. like accompanying artwork by yes so it was like kind of kind of touches on what you do like in your solo stuff but it was like this huge collaboration like how did you all put that together and and what's like um I mean cuz you've done a couple others that uh, under the name Small Bars um with mm-hmm. your with your partner in that and yep. um they've been they've not been that same like collaboration yeah. kind of thing they've been other types of yeah. projects but how did that first one come about And like
1: Yeah um so yeah I'll just first say like Small Bars for um for me, is it, a really great creative outlet. I, I collaborate with my friend from back in Dayton, Rye McCullough, who is probably in bands you might have come across back in the day. Um, I won't embarrass him by naming them, but okay. um, <laughs> he was in bands back in the Dayton scene. We went to school together. But the uh, track "Prince Layered Sounds" was a it was like an exhibition and exchange portfolio with those artists. So we organized it for. Um, an, ex, uh, an exhibition at a conference that was supposed to take place back in 2020. Um, and so it, it was actually just recently displayed at a conference in 2022. But essentially it's like you organize like a, it's like a comp, like everyone who participates gets copies, you know, like you make an edition of prints. So um, I think we had to make 18 cause we had to retain a couple and we, we did it as, um, Not just prints, but then corresponding audio or audio of corresponding prints. And so everyone who participated, we did an open call and we juried it. But luckily for us, everyone who wanted to be in it could fit and we didn't have to kind of deny anybody. So it was pretty equitable. Mm -hmm. Um, And we got, you know, all the prints. We put all the packages together. We designed the album sleeve. We had the we had lathe cut records made and so it's kind of small in scale in that like the only people who have it are the people who participated but it was um theoretically now you know it's in 15 places so like all exhibited here in tennessee rye will exhibit it in florida he lives in tampa um you know and it featured people like from across the country so somebody in maine a couple folks out west coast uh people in the Midwest. So. It's kind of like a very printmaker thing, but um, it's basically like an exhibition uh, exchange. Oh, and nice. then otherwise, um, <clears throat> Small Bars for us has been just like a, a collaboration um, under the guise of kind of like a, a moniker that's like ambiguous enough that we can do anything with it. So in some instances, we've made just like straight up records. We've made a couple cassettes. Of various lengths, we've made a couple like video based projects. Um, we've had an like a solo exhibition of the work we've made under that uh name, and we're just kind of like constantly making things that don't quite fit like either of our independent practices but would be um under this label. And like a recent example was um. A, a live performance. So I've actually I've returned to doing some performative things that uh, was sound, but um, I I made a improvised audio soundtrack for this conference that we were at up in at Kent State, and um, Rye had made a zine of directions, kind of like Fluxus artist style, like you know turn around four times and tell somebody something nice, like pages of instructions for the audience. Oh, okay. And so I distributed these pamphlets he made because he couldn't attend. And while they were doing these activities that were prompted by our book, I made like a soundtrack for them to do that. So using like little um, looping cassette tape beats and making like live synthesizer lines on top of it. Um, So it's kind of like a mix of book performance, uh, happening, it's like, you know, we've been trying to use this name as a way to kind of look at, you know, the the correlating aspects of being like a self-publishing artist, which is very much like being an independent label like we can publish anything the name gives us the latitude to make a book or a t-shirt or a record or a print or a performance so kind of using it generously and just making all sorts of things that are really really rooted in um kind of our dialogue because we're you know we're, we like a lot of the same things we think about things in a similar way and i think aesthetically we have very similar interests kind of formalists at heart but um yeah it's been it's manifested in some tapes and things i should probably get those to you if you if you have an interest because um, not every not everything's made it online it's been it, you know that's kind of the the one great thing and the one hard thing about working so much like collaboratively across the internet is like i at the end of the day i don't want to spend even more time on the internet because that's you know doing it for work but then i'm like oh yeah we still need to put all this stuff onto our website we still need to like update band camp we need to like take better pictures of the stuff we made and oh, it's just yeah. it's like endless you know yeah yeah I I, I I don't know how you do it with the with the label and the distro and your own work and
0: yeah look know. it's like i am like oh i gotta track some vocals tonight and then i'm like i gotta oh, I'm, I'm having a podcast at five and then i'm like that's cool. I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to go eat, and then I'm going to whatever. And, like, I really have to kick myself in the ass to come back down here. Like, I'm just like, I was, ju- I just did that. I just did that. Why am I... the comic stuff it's like you like yeah. i i draw the comic i put the comic online but i spent today i spent five hours on photoshop taking single panels and turning them into pages and oh, turning yeah. the page and like sequencing the pages into pd you know into multiple like page pdfs and like i i've been I, there's like there's comics that i like made so long ago that I like forgot about them Mm -hmm. and I'm like Mm -hmm. seeing them on the computer again. And I was like, this one sucks. This one's all right. (laughs) You know, no, I don't know. I I feel, you know, I feel a kind of a kind of way about all of them because they're so personal, but it's like, you know, you, you, it it is such an amount of work that you're reflecting on work that you did like a year ago now. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, why would have done that differently or, you know, like this could be, you know, whatever. But uh I mean it's yeah, it's, I, yeah, it's the same you, same thing with like recording projects that I've that I'm involved in with like other folks and stuff. It's like mm-hmm. once you get once the pieces are at that point, then you personally worked on it forever ago. And mm-hmm. it's like, eh, but that's where I'm like definitely jealous of like your improvisational nature to a lot of your work, where you're just like, I did it, (laughs) and then you put it up, and you're like, there it is, (laughs) like, that's fantastic,
1: but... Well, I, I think we share a, a kind of a an inclination to like give ourselves a, a kind of a monumental task it was like, I know you're making like a hundred comics or a hundred zines.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or, you
1: know, or, or like I remember you yeah. started posting your one about insomnia and it was like sixty-six, one of sixty-six. I was uh, like yeah, yeah. I know the I know this mentality. Like <laughs> I give myself those same projects, like I'm gonna make a zine a week for a year, and I did, or I'm gonna do you know, a, a four color print every week for a year. And then I did, or, you know, whatever, I'm going to do so many 10 minute recordings and I'm going to get 10 of them. That's a hundred minutes or whatever. Like, I don't know, I hit those benchmarks in my mind and it's like impossible to shake those, um, kind of thresholds you have to get past. But there are some things that I, I think you gain a ton of insight by having, you know, kind of worked in a vein for long enough that you can go back and be a little bit more ruthless about it when you're looking at it and be like, yeah, that's not the greatest. But I also kind of like believe in like a warts and all sort of presentation. Like, you know, a lot of those kind of like music projects that I've done that you brought up are like things where it's like, it's all the crappy four track recordings I made in a year. There might be some good minutes in there, but it's also like, you know, two and a half hours. So of course, like there's good and bad. And I am kind of interested in who would wade through that, like who would try to find it. And also, maybe you have this experience, but like, I'm not always the best um, assessor of what people like. Like, I know what I like, but, you know,
0: yeah,
1: I, I can have, you know, three things I made in a year that I send out and try to get into exhibitions or submitted to things. And the one that I like the least is the one that's picked every time. <laughs> it's like i don't know
0: <laughs> yeah it's 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 weird how how that works out sometimes like i mean i don't know i i'll do so i'll do a couple things like that i feel are pretty similar and one of them will just whatever and the other one just doesn't and i'm like what was the what were the like what were the deciding factors here in people's mm-hmm. like You know, and um, I don't know. I, I, like you said, uh, you can be ruthless about it. What I found for me personally, what I need to do is I need to be kinder to myself about it because, like, (laughs) when I look back, and I and I am like, and I'll, I'll look back at something from five years ago, and then I'll look at something from one year ago, and I'm like, um. I'm not getting better at this. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like I get shitty and I'm just Mm. like, why, why do I even do that to myself? Like, I'm not, I'm not responsible for like, um, people's enjoyment or like dissatisfaction with what Mm -hmm. I do. Like I, I can take a lesson from what I did or did not like about, something that I created but like I don't need to look at it in any other lens than that like I don't need to compare it to whatever and so yeah I don't know I've really been trying to like be kinder to myself and yeah and and uh yeah it's it's um I think personally I find that harder in mm-hmm. in uh in visual work in in mm-hmm. art I find it harder to be kinder to myself cuz I'm looking at stuff now that I drew a year ago and I'm like whoo <laughs> mm-hmm. I sh- I should redraw this and then I'm like no cuz I'm I need this time to draw new things like I don't need to redraw this yeah. like um and that's where you you know you said like uh, warts and all like uh mentality comes in handy because it's like, um, you know, uh, I've, I find it, I find it interesting when I'm looking at other people's work that way and Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't judge them the way that I would judge myself, you know? So
1: yeah, hopefully
0: other people are treating you with that same kindness, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's true. Like, I, I mean, obviously like I, I, I suppose if you ask my students they probably think I'm like overly critical and demanding but I mean i I do think it's true that you view other people with a sense of well I do at least I should say I would hope you <laughs> most people view other people's work with a sense of kind of like i'm I'm already approaching this with a little more kindness um, i I personally like in my own practice I have found like a way to disassociate from the valuation of it. And I I have found that to be helpful, but then again, like, you know, just making, making art outside of academia is probably a lot different than being an academic artist. Like I do, you know, I have, um, I have to kind of intellectualize maybe more than I would if I were not in this position, you know, I do have to kind of defend practice like art making research as research, Mm -hmm. you know, comparative to like the sciences. Like I really do get in my head about that. Like is what I'm doing, you know, as um, investigative, is it finding profound ideas? Is it, you know, like, so I can, I can look at things I made 10 years ago and be like, I had no idea what the hell I was doing Yeah, and kind of let it go. And I don't think like, Oh, it's bad or anything. I just think like, well, I think I've gotten more, you know, more centered around what, what I want to do. And I know what I want to do, where I think I was reacting and reacting and reacting to feedback as like a younger artist and a person trying to get a toehold in the world of like how to be like making stuff, being okay, like supporting myself, supporting my family. But now I can really be like, well, this isn't, this isn't worth finishing I can like put it down um but at the same time I'm just like giving myself way more permission than I ever did and that that is I think coming out of like you know hitting a certain age where you just don't you know know, my self-awareness seems to be crumbling as I get older thankfully yeah Uh yeah you know um it's like one of the advantages of getting older I suppose if there are any it's like I just don't I don't compare myself as much to other people and i'm not worried about other people's success or like what that means for me and not that i really did but i think you get what i mean like i'm not i'm not comparing myself negatively and definitely when i view other people's work especially like artists i admire people who are doing things that i i'm like really fascinated by like yourself like i'm just like amazed at output like i i feel like Anyone who's profound in terms of, like, the amount and consistency, like, that to me is just super impressive and, like, admirable just to have consistent output because it's really hard with life to just kind of make stuff every day to kind of be chipping away at it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? So, like, I, I I really enjoy seeing folks like yourself who can do that, like I said. I want a hundred zines. I, I know there's only three so far, but like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to a hundred. Yeah. I mean, I've
0: got, I got, you know, I got plans. So yeah. it's, um, yeah, it, it'll work. It'll work out. It, I'm, and it's, uh, it's something to really like keep myself doing and keep myself around for. And like, you know, yeah, all the things that go into that, but it, yeah, it's, um, it, like you said, it's, you, you put, you make these monumental tasks in your head and then it's like, I don't know, you know, like it, it helps me get through a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff to just have something to focus on and, and everything like that. But um, yeah. So like, you know, I, I really, like these are my absolute favorite kind of conversations where I can literally just like, just talk about like what, I think about like art and music and stuff, but, yep. um, you know, w- what we were saying before I started recording, you know, we've both got dinner to cook here in a minute. Uh, <laughs> so, um, let's like sort of wrap up. Like, what sure. do you have? Like, I, and I know you have an exhibit going on, like literally right now, and mm-hmm. this won't air until after that, but like, what do you have coming up that you can like tell people to look out for whether it's like, you know, more like small bar stuff or, or, you know, more music yeah. or just like what you've been doing?
1: Oh, sure. Well, I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm enjoying this immensely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like we need a old person support chat <laughs> every now and then, I think it would be good. Um, you know, uh, so, uh, I, I do have an exhibit up at, uh, Art, uh, nonprofit art space in Raleigh, North Carolina, art space, and that will run through the end of uh, January. So, oh, okay. if you're in Raleigh, North Carolina, <laughs> that show is up, um, or maybe the end of this, yeah, end of January. Where's um, that at? It's Art Space NC, which is in downtown Raleigh, and um, it's in the front gallery. I think they have two gallery spaces, so it's an exhibit of. Um, half of my weekly prints that I made from summer of 21 to summer of 22 and they're risograph prints, which are um, kind of a cool like hybrid of like screen printing and copy machine. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're all things I've made at the, at my house kind of in a domestic space and then brought to public space to print. And um, they're all there. They're really, they're like designed to be affordable. So they're like cheap prints and they're just displayed as like a big mass. So 26 of those. Um small bars is kind of chipping away at more projects um in terms of like audio things. Um Ryan myself as if it's not convoluted enough. Um I recorded a whole album of uh like instrumental rock music. I'll just call it that. He called it moderate rock
0: um
1: (laughs) in the the first summer of COVID, so back in twenty twenty and I really love the, the this, this batch of songs. They were all recorded on on my four track, like really simple formula uh, guitar rock stuff. And he's been slowly adding vocals to it, more like a band, not like an art project. So that I don't know when we'll finish because um, he's got a lot going on. But I might, if you want, I can I can send you a, a track to, as a sampler. But that's called um, "Shy and Sunburn." And I, like i said i don't know when that will be out but my hope is that that's going to be kind of another standalone thing i'm kind of like throwing a bunch of different aliases out there but we're we're hoping that this would be like kind of a not small bars thing because that's like our art project but this would be like hey we just made a kind of like a indie rock record and yeah it's going to exist so i'm i'm really excited about it I'm um, I, I hope hope we can finish it up but i don't know what we'll do with it um maybe pop tech and dayton will put it out i haven't pursued that yet but um otherwise um just more art exhibitions and things in the coming months but i should be updating my website if people are interested in visual stuff pretty soon um i made a bunch of work at a week-long residency over the summer a bunch of woodcuts and I've kind of purposely not put them online because it's like a whole body of work, and um, I'm trying to find a place to exhibit them before I kind of share them digitally, I guess. So yeah. um, So hopefully those will find a home soon. But yeah, Yeah. I think that's that's enough. (laughs) Awesome.
0: I, yeah. I, I should have asked this earlier. Uh, this is kind of a weird way to to end the conversation, but, you know, w- weird is what we do. But um, I, I so I searched for your name on Discogs before I, uh, you know, before our chat, because I was like, sometimes I can just find like. Oh, my buddy mm-hmm. was in this obscure band that I didn't hear about or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And the only credit you have on Discogs or your <laughs> name is the La Dispute Art. Was that, that was you?
1: It was, yeah. Okay, because how the could first, it, right.
0: yeah, how could it not be, right? Like how many, Right. how did that happen?
1: Um, When I was in grad school, so back in uh, either 2008 or 2007, uh-huh. Um, I got an email from, I think Adam in that band, whoever played, I, I kind of lost track of this stuff cause it's been so long. Whoever played in all those like Northwest Indiana bands with like Harrison and Tim Post and those guys is like okay. one of those dudes who ended up being in that band. He reached out to me and I, you know, we had played with whatever their band was prior and sure. just asked if I'd be interested in doing the art cause I was in art school and I, I was like, sure. I don't, I don't, you know, I was, I felt really disconnected. I didn't know, I didn't know that their band would become huge.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they probably didn't either, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like the, the kind of PS to that is like, I should have like made an actual contract for it. Cause I probably could have, you know, it's fine.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You could have got more than that 50 bucks or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, I got, I got, a, I got, I got, more money than I'd ever made to make art at that point. So I was like very grateful for it. But I was just like, I was like these guys, I was like, I bet, you know, I've never heard of this label or whatever, but like I have students who will ask me about that. Like kids who are like, 20 years old they'll be like that's my favorite record are you the person who made that and that will be the most impressive thing to them regardless of what i teach them across a the year of school be, <laughs> they <laughs> signed up I for made.
0: your class because of that album
1: <laughs> yeah. it's, it's seriously it's very strange like it's you know we lived in minneapolis for about a year and a half um when i was teaching up there and um one of the students had the record like was putting it on i was like oh i made the album art for that and they were like no you didn't like what are you talking about i was like look at the liner notes like, <laughs> and it's just like blew their minds that you know but occasionally like once a year i'll get like an obscure message from someone asking me to like decode the imagery and i'm like i i don't know i was given a list of things that needed to go on there so um my like one rendezvous with client service and album art but uh <laughs> yeah it's funny
0: And that was my conversation with Nick Satinover. Thank you so much, Nick, for taking the time to chat with me. Hop on over to NickSatinover.com to check out his new work and music. After that, stop by Patreon.com slash Human Machine, where for as little as $3 a month, you can join up and get access to comics, music, and a bunch of other stuff that you won't find anywhere else. Until next time, take care and do good things.